millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Colleen, and joining me as always is Eileen. How are you, Eileen? I'm great. Uh, busy as usual. Been, you know, working on finishing this episode Saturday and some of Sunday, so I took uh, today off to finish it up. But that's me. I like to live close to the edge. But um, how was Santa Cruz? How was your weekend? Uh, Santa Cruz was good. I went there for the weekend for a going away party. And, uh, I got very sunburned. Oh. Uh, it was really fun, though, and I am excited to go back. It was a lot of fun. Have you ever been to Santa Cruz? I just ridden through there on my motorcycle. I haven't really stayed much, but that would went be out really to like pretty. Eat. Yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful ride down there. It is. Yeah, it's. We were driving all around and just like kind of all along the ocean. It was really cool. Do you take seventeen? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah it was fun. Yeah. Uh, we also can announce that we are going to be doing a crossover episode with Lainey from the True Crime Fan Club, yes. and she's going to be in San Francisco in September. So we're excited to get her into the loft. It's totally. our first crossover. So that's really cool. Super exciting. I'm very, really, I'm really, really excited. I know, me too. Uh, Yeah. So let's get into today's case. So we have the privilege of doing another Patreon reward episode. And if you donate monthly at the $25 level, you actually get to choose a topic and we will research and produce an episode on it. And Tiffany picked the Bath School Bombing or is also called the Bath School Disaster or the Bath School Massacre. What can I do? What can anybody do? But I was thinking of all those little kids. Most of them were buried in Pleasant View Cemetery and Bath. I think how old she they'd be. You know, they didn't have a chance. I don't know any of them. They're all young ones. Right. I I don't have any old friends because they're gone. (laughs) But go on, you know, and do what you can do. That's all I can do.
get the, some of the children out of the school. And, uh, I took the, the girls to the hospital. And the state police went to school and they took out the dynamite that they put on the floorboards and the back seat is piled as high as the front seat that never went off. The Bath School Massacre was a series of vicious bombings carried out by Andrew Keogh on May 18, 1927, and the 90th anniversary was actually just this past May. This is still the deadliest act of school violence in the history of the United States, and by the time Andrew was finished with his mass murdering plot, he and 44 other people, including 38 children and his wife, would be dead and 58 would be seriously injured. Tonight, we'll take you through the why and how this school board treasurer, angered by increased taxes, was able to bring such destruction and violence to Bath Township, Michigan. In 1927, Bath was a rural village in Michigan, population of just 300 people. In many ways, Bath was the quintessential small rural town. It was the kind of place where everyone knew their neighbors and people left their doors unlocked at night. And a majority of the residents were farmers, though there were tradesmen, people who owned, you know, the grocery store and the pharmacy and, and the like. The school in Bath was called the Bath Consolidated School. It was in the center of town and could overlook their little small downtown area. The school was built just five years earlier, and the school was voted to be built in 1922, and the residents wanted to eliminate the scattered one-room classrooms and have one central location for all students in Bath Township to go. It was argued that with one central school, the ages could be divided by grade and students would receive a better education and the facility would be of higher quality. With the passing of the initiative to build this new school, the landowners' taxes were increased to pay for it, and some landowners were upset by this, and Andrew Keogh was one of these people. Andrew Keogh was born February 1st, 1872, in Tecumseh, Michigan, and apologize for the pronunciation if it's completely wrong. Tecumseh is a small city in Lenawe County, about 60 miles southwest of Detroit. As of the 2010 census, the population of the city was just 8,521. While I couldn't find any census information around the time of Andrew's birth, but it was a small city. And to kind of illustrate that, the county of Lenawe was settled in 1824 by just 15 men, 11 women, and 6 children. Andrew is one of 13 children. As a kid, he was interested in electricity and experimented with machinery on his father's farm. Andrew's mother died when he was about 18 years old, and his father remarried a woman named Frances Wilder, a woman closer to Andrew's age than his father's. And Andrew didn't like this very much, and he really didn't like Frances either. So at 19, he went to college at Michigan State to formally study electrical engineering. And at some point in 1911, Andrew had an accident, a fall where he hit his head and was in a coma for over two weeks. It's not known what happened or what effect this had on him overall. Like sometimes you'll see a marked change in somebody's Mm -hmm. personality after a traumatic head injury. Right. He moved back home to work on his father's farm. And one day there was an accident. The gasoline stove exploded while Francis was using it, and she caught fire. 
While she was on fire, Andrew threw water on her, but because gas and water don't mix, this made things worse. Frances ended up dying of her injuries, and some speculate that Andrew rigged the stove as he did, you know, he did have the technical knowledge to do this, and he didn't like Francis, but there was no solid proof to say that he did it. Andrew first met Nellie Price in college. She was the daughter of a wealthy family from Lansing, and in 1912, they married, and a few years later, in 1919, they actually bought a farm in Bath from her uncle, Lawrence Price. Right away, their neighbors knew there was something weird about him. He did his farming in a coat and a clean white shirt. He never seemed to break a sweat. He was also considered to be an expert in dynamite and explosives, but this wasn't really odd since farmers often use dynamite to break up tree stumps and boulders and things like that. Andrew seemed to have two sides to his personality. A lot of people thought he was a polite and friendly guy who got involved in local affairs and that he was very concerned for the community, particularly how public funds were used. And in 1924, he got a position on the school board and he was appointed treasurer. And he kept the books meticulously, and they were always balanced. And because he was handy at machinery, Andrew was often asked to fix mechanical problems at the school, so he had a key to the building and access to it day or night. The other side of Andrew was hard to get along with if you disagreed with him on something. He was known to be short-tempered and difficult to work with. He was easily frustrated, and there were at least two known incidents where he deliberately killed a dog and a horse out of spite. He was at odds with the school superintendent over how the school was run and what was purchased, and Andrew would argue against the most necessary purchases and always voted against the school board and accused the school superintendent of financial mismanagement. He was also at odds with the township financial authorities because he was trying to get the valuation of his farm lowered, claiming he paid too much in taxes. While on the school board, he was appointed the Bath Township Clerk in 1925, but this didn't last long, as in the spring of 1926, there was an election and he was defeated. This angered Andrew. He did not take this, you know, public rejection very well. During this time, his home life was a mess as well. Nellie, his wife, was chronically ill with tuberculosis and always in and out of the hospital, and he started to let his farm go to seed and stop paying his mortgage and was ultimately notified that his farm was going into foreclosure. In November of 1926, the school board employed Andrew to make repairs on the lighting systems, which gave him free access to the school even during the summer months. So that November, Andrew purchased tons of explosives like pyrotol and dynamite. And now this didn't raise too many red flags because these are commonly used by farmers to remove stumps and debris. But neighbors reported hearing explosions going off at his farm regularly, and some even called him the dynamite farmer. In December of 1926, Andrew then purchased a 30 caliber Winchester bolt-action rifle. So, through the months while Andrew did the repair work that was requested, he was also planting explosives in the basement of the school. He was also in the process of clearing his farm, loading his truck with metal debris, bought new tires to carry the load, and made many trips to Lansing, the school, and then back home to the farm. While many people noticed how busy he was and how much driving he was doing to Lansing, the school, and home, nobody really thought anything of it, just figured he was busy. On May 18, 1927, one day before 15 students were set to graduate, Andrew got up and left at daybreak. He went to Bath's Railroad Depot with a box marked high explosives and sent it same-day delivery. The rail agent didn't think too much of this and took it in for processing. 
Then at 8.45, Andrew detonated firebombs that were placed in his house and farm buildings. Neighbors noticed and rushed over, and several men crawled through a broken window to search for survivors, but they found none, so they pulled any furniture that was salvageable, and they also found an armful of explosives. Andrew was actually driving his truck, and this truck was filled with explosives and metal for shrapnel, and while leaving the farm, he stopped to talk to those very people who were fighting the fire on his farm, he apparently says, boys, you're my friends. You better get out of here. You better get down to the school. And he drove off. I don't get why somebody who is so hellbent on killing so many people would worry about these guys. I don't know. Is it like for shits and giggles? Like he wanted to like come see my grand finale? I don't get it. I feel like that might be more what it is. Yeah. He seems a little off to say the least. Yeah. Andrew wired up two devices in the basement of the school, one in the north wing and one in the south wing basement. He had an alarm clock attached and was set to go off at 8.45. Classes started at 8.30, so this made sure that everybody would be in the building. And then at 8.45, the north wing device exploded. First responders were heading to the Keogh Farm fire, and then they actually heard the explosion at the school building, so they changed course and headed for the school. Parents began rushing to the school as well. I can imagine it probably was just like a, a war, a disaster zone, a war zone. And I, I can't even think of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, this would be heard all through Bath. It's so small. So yeah. I think parents would be terrified hearing a huge explosion through the school and it, from the direction of the school and just right. how much explosives would be needed for you to hear an explosion like that. I right. mean, it's really scary. Yeah. Even, even called back the, uh, people going to the Kehoe farm that the, the first responders, they, they even heard him were like, Oh shoot, better go over there. That sounds like oh God. Yeah. So Andrew arrived at the school around nine fifteen AM. He saw the superintendent and called him over to his truck. And some say they saw a struggle over a rifle and then the car exploded. And this explosion killed the superintendent, Andrew and two others, one being an eight year old second grader who managed to survive the school blast only to be killed by this truck bomb. Awful. Another person was mortally wounded in the leg from the truck bomb, later losing his leg. And actually, a woman was about a block away holding a baby when a two-inch square burr from the truck went right into her eye, and then another piece of shrapnel pierced her skull. Now, she survived, but she was left brain damaged. Those closest to the truck explosion were blown apart, There are reports that, and this is graphic, so you may want to fast forward a few seconds, but there were reports that Andrew's body was blown apart and his intestines were dripping blood and hanging from the steering column of the mangled truck. Yeah, it's insane. Hundreds of people worked the wreckage. Telephone operators stayed at their station to summon doctors and ultimately undertakers. Lansing Fire sent several firefighters and Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Local shop owners open their buildings to make triage centers and morgues. Michigan State Police officers were sent down to manage traffic, and this was huge because Gawkers came through the night to see the carnage. Apparently, by the weekend, traffic caused backups for miles. And on Sunday alone, 85,000 cars passed through Bath. Governor Fred Green arrived to assist with the relief efforts and offered to pay for any funerals personally for those who couldn't afford it. And a truck full of food was sent by a baking company out of Lansing to help feed all the rescue workers. How amazing is that? Just, I don't know, all the people that just got up to, to help They, like, rally to help. That's really yeah. nice, especially when you have all the, like, looky-loos that are mm-hmm. coming through I just know. to see the, like... 85,000. Like, that's gross to me, to drive all that yeah, way just to like, go see yeah, it. Like yeah, that. If you're not going to help, you know. So the bomb destroyed the north wing of the school. And during their search, they find an additional device in the south wing basement made up of 500 pounds of dynamite. And it was set with an alarm clock to go off at 8.45 a.m. It did not go off, and they speculate the initial blast somehow prevented it from detonating, breaking, like, the detonator. So I'm going to share a few details that are pretty graphic, but I just wanted to give you kind of a picture of just how bad this was. So you may want to fast forward a little bit. But I just think it's important to show. After the truck bomb went off, a woman in the crowd picked up what she thought was a stick, and it turned out to be a human backbone. A deputy sheriff saw legs of a girl sticking out of rubble, and again, this is graphic, so please fast forward. He tugged on the foot, and it snapped off in his hand. And one of the two teachers that were killed were found buried in the rubble holding two dead children. Two children were actually sent to the morgue covered by a sheet thinking they were dead, but later they were found to be alive. I wonder if maybe they were in shock or something. Yeah. Or in like a coma. I don't know. Yeah, maybe there's because their heart rate would have gone down so low, right? To probably, I'm sure they checked their pulse, but yeah, it could have been shock and just everything. I mean, it's awful. After the bombings, the rail agent that took the package that Andrew sent same day delivery saw the box was addressed to the insurance agent marked with danger high explosives. And so he told investigators about the box and they ran over to find it. They found it quickly, fortunately, and inside was not explosives, which is good, but rather the accounting books that Andrew maintained while treasurer. He included a note written with a typewriter and it said, Mr. Clyde B. Smith, Lansing, Michigan, dear sir, I am leaving the school board and turning over to you all my accounts. They are in this box. Due to an uncashed check, the bank had 22 cents more than my book showed when I took them over. 
due to an error on the part of the secretary in order number 118 dated November 13th, 1926. He changed the figures on the order after the check had been sent to the payee. The bank gained one more cent over my books, making the bank show exactly 23 cents more than my books. Otherwise, I am sure you'll find my books exactly right. Sincerely yours, A.Q. So two of these things struck me odd. One is kind of a sick joke to market high explosive. Um, but two, like, it's something, you know, it's kind of accounting wise. So I'm kind of thinking of it from my point of view. And I'm like, that's something I would write if I was giving my books over to you to do it. Right. It's like he's formally passing him off. Like, then- yeah, I read it like he is like, haha, I'm a terrible person. And here's a really sick joke. High explosives, blah, blah, blah. But then he's I think in this letter. He's like dead serious about yeah, like, his like they're good books. Yeah. These are great books. Here's every penny accounted for. Yeah. It's weird. which is like weird to me. Yeah. Really strange, I thought. Just yeah, but so when police and fire officials searched the Kehoe farm, they found all the buildings completely destroyed. I'm talking rubbles, just the fireplace standing. They also found Nellie's body, uh, in a wheelbarrow, charred among the ruins. It would later be determined that Andrew killed Nellie before the bombing. She was in the hospital and released on May 16th, so he killed her between the 16th and the 18th. They also found his two horses dead, and their legs were actually bound by a wire to prevent them from being rescued or from running. And then the last thing they found was a wooden sign wired to the fence with Andrew's last message, Criminals are made, not born. Over 38 school children, six adults, seven if you count Andrew, and 58 other people were injured. Most of the children killed were between the ages of seven and 14, and one child lingered for three months before dying of her injuries, and she is the 45th official death. Andrew's suicide attack is the first suicide bombing and suicide car bombing in the U.S. and the first school bombing in history. The Bath School bombing has been compared to the Sandy Hook Massacre that took place on December 14th, 2012. They're similar in several ways. Both killed dozens of school children and adults at a primary school, and both killed a relative before their massacres and both committed suicide at the end. Columbine has also been compared to Bath, not to the same level, but the original plan the two shooters had was to set off a diversion explosion then bomb the school, and then set off car bombs. That part of the plan failed, however. The bombs only fizzled, and there was no loss of life from the bombs. Unfortunately, we know the rest of that story. The Bath School bombing is still the deadliest mass murder to take place at a school in the history of the United States. This sheer brutality of his plan is just so gross. It's so much carnage. And against children and... yeah. Cut, like the thing with mailing the books to the guy with the weird note and then the what was left at the farm mm-hmm. and, and not even letting the horses escape. Yeah. You know, it's like every detail is planned and they're like each one is just worse than the last one. Right. It's it actually kind of interesting. I didn't find it necessary to put it in. But um, while he was sort of prepping his, you know, putting the bomb in the, bombs in the school, he was obviously doing the same at his house. And he took what plants he had left because he kind of let most of his farm go to seed. Uh, But he did have some plants and he actually rooted them up and like wired them like off to cut or something anyway, and then put them back. It was like, why? (laughs) Wired them to blow? No, just why? Sorry. 
used wire, I guess, to cut them or just cut the roots, right? Where the wire is what I, and, and then put them back. So they would just sit there and die. It was just weird. You like rooted to them. Me that reads like, especially when he's just somebody who was like very upset about how many taxes he's mm-hmm. paying. It's like, you will literally get nothing. I'm going to kill everything on this farm. Yeah. That's right. how I interpret that. And then this town. And then in this town, yeah. And take your kids. Oh, God, Pretty awful. sick. The local community was paramount in rebuilding the damage. People donated their time, places of business, and money to the Red Cross that had set up operations in town, and this disaster received nationwide coverage. And it, rightfully in my opinion, depicted mm-hmm. Andrew as a madman. Andrew's body was claimed by his sister and buried in an unmarked grave in an unnamed cemetery which was later to be known as the pauper section of the Mount Rest Cemetery. Nellie was buried in the Mount Hope Cemetery in Lansing under her maiden name. School resumed on September 5th, 1927. And for that 1927 to 1928 school year, school was held in the community hall, the township hall, and retail buildings. Donations were made to the Bath Relief Fund. Money mostly came from donors across the U.S., the state and local governments and one senator donated $75,000 personally that's just over a million dollars today the damaged portion of the school was demolished and rebuilt with the donated funds and it was named the James Cousins Agricultural School which was named for the senator that donated that 75,000 the Keough farm was plowed to make sure no explosives were left over and then sold at auction on August 18th 1928 the North Wing rebuild was dedicated to Senator James Cousins for his enormous contribution. Also in 1928, a memorial statue was presented to the school board, and that statue is now in the Bath School Museum because in 1975, the building was torn down and turned into a memorial park with the same name and dedicated to all the victims. In the middle of the park, the original dome that was on top of the school building is on display. And in 1991, a historical marker was installed at the park, and it has all the names of those killed and a description of the events that happened on that day. There are a few living survivors of the Bath School bombing. Irene Dunham is 109 years old, and George Baird is 104. We will link interviews that were done last May for the 90th anniversary. So for final thoughts, um, cases like these are hard Kids are never something you want to read or cover, but at the same time, I feel like it's important to bring light to these as well. So thank you, Tiffany, for picking this case for your Patreon reward, and thank you for your support. It's hard to know, I guess, what made Andrew Kehoe do this, besides he was a psychopath with no remorse, but his, you know, quote-unquote reasoning, from what I could see, seems to be the taxes, trouble at home, public disgrace of losing office and being a prick in general, uh, just not getting along with people. It's it's odd it it's weird because it's kind of like he gave up letting his farm go stopped paying his mortgage but at the same time he was plotting and executing this this mass murder you know and it was vicious i mean children using his truck and putting all that metal shrapnel in there to cause more damage I, i don't know what to say it's like i understand sometimes when people murder you know what i mean i mean I get some people have a compulsion. I get some people get angry. But with this and kids and the carnage and the mayhem, it was really hard for me to, you know, kind of wrap my head around why you'd want to do that. Yeah, just like if you're going to take the time to plan out this 
really elaborate plan mm-hmm. to target children like that, it's hard to see any reasoning in that. Yeah. I think. Like you said, I can understand like a crime of passion. Mm-hmm. I mean, understand that it wouldn't. But you yeah, know what I mean, I mean right? Yeah. yeah. Like, you can kind of like see how that could the happen. reasoning behind that, right? Yeah. But this was really hard. I, it's awful to read the details. Child cases make me sad. That's why we don't cover them that much. Yeah. I mean, they all make me sad, but the, the, sometimes it's really hard to read like several sources mm-hmm. over and over and over again about the same kind of awful thing you happening. See the to pictures. Kids. It's yeah. really hard. I think Andrew either always had a screw loose or maybe the fall he had when he was in college knocked yeah. the screw loose. I don't know. Uh, he was out to make a statement, though, and that statement was just mass violence against children. Yeah. The violence against animals and the suspicious circumstances around his stepmom's death definitely gave me pause. Yeah. He clearly had some rage and that was manifesting in a violent and cruel way, especially when he rigged his farm. You know, like I said, trapping the horses. Yeah. Why? I, I don't oh. know. It, like every detail is planned. Right. Targeting children sends a clear message and that message was that he was looking to cause extensive emotional damage to anyone involved. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard of this case before, so imagine my surprise when I was researching it and I saw how much information was available. It was really kind of – I really like reading historical cases. Mm-hmm. I also like when we can find articles from the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I found a bunch of those. And then the fact that some of these people are still alive is amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. And there's actually the coroners, which will link um, – Oh, yeah, part of a bunch the, of like – The inquest. And... Sources and stuff to link that will show you. Yeah. Like and you'll see the – Stuff from the time. To see the rubble of – you know this big beautiful school building just half of it you know down and then the kehoe farm i mean that thing literally i'm telling you it was like a fireplace that was it it's crazy so as a side note um true crime fan club actually just did an episode on the bath bombing and i highly recommend that you listen to it if you have it and also subscribe because all their episodes are amazing we're just super excited to have laney here soon and we're gonna do that crossover episode i can't wait no i'm excited I know we keep saying it, but I am excited. That's because we're excited. We have some five-star reviews to shout out. We want to give a huge shout out to Larry Hat, Jacob, True Crime Lover, Jashinta, Jezebel279, Abbykins, Jen Lemol, and Lizzie. Thank you so much for taking the time to review our show. I know Apple doesn't always make it easy, so thank you. And if you're enjoying the show and have a minute or two, please rate and review us on iTunes. Good reviews help us, and they help others find the show. We also have a new Patreon supporter. Thank you so much to Kitty Meow for your support. Patreon helps us create the show and extra content for all of you and extra special content for our Patreon supporters. So thank you so much. And thank you guys so much for your patience. We're still behind on sending things out. We promise they will go out ASAP. And if you'd like to check out our Patreon rewards, head over to patreon.com slash misconductpodcast and check it out. You can also head to our website, misconduct podcast.com forward slash donate for information on patreon as well as our one-time donation and that's it for this week that wraps us up for another episode of misconduct thank you so much for joining us head on over to our facebook group to discuss this week's case if you're not already a member join and one of our mods will add you asap we love to hear your thoughts and opinions on these cases so we kind of want to hear what you think about andrew um and maybe kind of some of his motivation yeah. why he did this yeah what do you guys think you can also find us on instagram and twitter at misconduct pod we also want to give a huge shout out to the blank tapes for our intro natural music be sure to check them out at Bandcamp uh, to listen to more of their music 
If you have a case suggestion, let us know about it. You can email us at misconductpodcast at gmail.com, and we will see you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.